Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, I have had the privilege of having guests on my show, and today is so exciting because I have with us Tom Glazer, Mm -hmm. and he's also known as the Senior Happiness Superhero. Now, Tom is a life coach, a psychologist, and a speaker with over 35 years of experience, whether counseling, teaching, or appearing in the media, his passion for helping people live their best lives flows through. He is a dog lover, a gardener, and a yoga teacher. He and his husband are based in Minneapolis, but they spend as much time as possible in the Southern California desert, and who can blame that? Tom is also the author of the Amazon.com bestseller, Full Heart Living, Conversations with the Happiest People I Know, which launched three years ago via a performance piece, Full Heart Living Live. Now, he is now working on a second book and video project on resilience following trauma. Wow, that sounds very interesting. Whether writing, counseling individuals or groups, appearing in media or teaching, his passion for helping people live their best lives flows through. Now, before I kind of step to the side and let Tom take over, I did want to say he has some workshops, and his three most popular workshops are the Relationships Reset, the Resilience Reboot, and Befriending the Self, an Introduction to Self-Compassion. Oh my gosh, this sounds so, all of this, I don't even, I feel like I'm standing at a buffet and I don't even know what to grab first. Where Tom, to begin? welcome to Phoenix and Flame. <laughs> Dana, thanks for being here. I'm gonna, I, I want to say, as I said to you before we started record, recording, what I know about you is you speak truth. And that just mm-hmm. uh, invigorates me. I can't wait for this conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, I am so excited. And I do, you know, we, again, Tom and I talked some before the, the recording began, and we were both sharing that we do uh, research on, you know, whose podcast we might want to guest on, who we mo- might want to have as a guest on our podcast, and really kind of look into who these individuals are and will they bring uh, something useful and of quality to our listeners. And I'm so excited of what Tom is going to be able to share about happiness. I have questions and the stuff that he can share is really going to be amazing. Now, telling the truth is something that you all know if you've listened to a lot of my episodes. Sometimes I may sound really kooky and weird, and sometimes you might be embarrassed for me (laughs) as I'm admitting something. But I feel like if we can't be truthful, if we can't be transparent, then what are we even doing? We're wasting our time. And I know that a sidelight, one of the reasons why we're not particularly truthful is a boundary issue because of what we expect from other people. If we tell the truth, what's going to happen? Because clearly there's a reason why we're not telling the truth. And it usually involves another person's response. And so 
I'm building some boundaries courses and things like that right now. So that's kind of exciting going on behind the scenes. But I really am interested, Tom, in how, you know, people get where they are through some interesting twists and yes. turns in their life. Yes. So just take your time and sort of help us, help, help the listeners and myself get to know you and how you got to be where you are today. Absolutely. You got it. And I'll, and I'll just say, following up on the comments you just made, uh, telling the truth takes courage right? And that means embracing vulnerability. That's another reason. Uh, and that's boundary. That's what you're talking about, right? It's that delicate balance of when do I lean in to be vulnerable and when is it better to keep safe, right? And there's a place for each. There's a place for each. So maybe we'll touch more on both of those. But you asked, how did I get here? Yeah. So through the unhappiest period of my own adult life is the truth. I had my dream job. Uh, I was going to retire there. I was attached. I was doing, um, I was a psychotherapist at a, at a college. And so I not only got to do the individual one-on-one -on -one work that I adore, but I also got to do great, uh, fun teaching of wellness topics. So I, all these opportunities to be creative. And I, I, I like I said, I, my plan was to retire there. And so I had my dream job for seven years Things changed dramatically when a new coworker showed up who um, really hated the ground I walked on. And I tried everything I could to make it work with this person. And it was a very small staff. Uh, we were assigned regularly to like 50% of the um, events um, that my job represented and all that wellness programming stuff. And I got miserable. I got depressed um, because my dream job turned into not a complete nightmare. Still, half of it was really fun. The one-on-one -on -one work I still loved and the students but that other stuff where I was paired with this person was miserable. I mean, there was like undermining and I mean, I mean, it was really bad. So I needed to, for my own well-being, I had to leave my dream job. Oh, wow. Well, that's, it created this opportunity. I know it was horrible. This is loss, right? Tons of grief, tons of grief. But it turned out to be an opportunity as so often, right? The universe presents us. The, like, like, here's the thing I've realized in, in retrospect I wasn't going to leave that job easily because I loved it, right? I, I was attached. I was going to stay. I had a plan. Um, so something big, had you know, only something big would get my attention, right? So the opportunity was was to do all these other things. So, so, so anyhow, what happened is in the midst of my depression, I noticed really happy people, Dana, all around me. And I, I just got really curious and I started observing what are they doing that I'm not doing? Or, or what are they not doing that I am doing? And it, it, it snowballed. I, I got braver. I asked questions. It turned into this formal interview thing. So I, so this, my book started with, I thought it was just going to be a, a series of documentaries. Uh, but on the first day of filming, Dana, I had so much fun. I was like, and, and I had known for years I would write a book that kept coming to me. I'm going to write a book someday. But I didn't know what it was going to be about, right? Yeah. I just this deep knowing that I was going to write a book someday until that first day of filming where I just came alive. What, what could be more fun than talking with really happy people about what makes them tick? Uh, so, so, so would you just, did you just like, I'm uh, sorry for interrupting, no, please. but I'm just like following you. I'm so excited. I'm like playing it out of my head. Yeah. Did you just like 
stop people like randomly and say, Hey, you know, I noticed you seem pretty happy. I was wondering what your secret is, or was it more of like an interview thing where they made an appointment or how did you connect with these individuals to film them? Well, I, um, how I found them, some of them was exactly what you're saying. Just a couple of them were like, first of all, so everyone I personally knew it was a um, one degree of connection because I wanted to make the point that we all know exceptionally happy people, but some of them I didn't know very well at all. Uh, others of them I've known fairly well. And so, yeah, so so I approached them uh, and said, I'm doing this project. You seem really happy to me. First of all, are you? I, I had to ask the question, right? You Because someone seems happy, I have learned even more since, doesn't mean yeah. they necessarily are, right? Like you were right. saying before, we present things to the world mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways that may not fully reflect all that's going on with me. And I did encounter that on both sides, let me tell you. So several people seemed so happy to me and they're like, oh my gosh, you have no idea. I'm actually going through a depression right now. But you hear that, and then they would say, but you, I know someone you should talk to. Okay. Right? And if I knew that person yeah. already, then I might take that suggestion. On the other hand, there were people who I eliminated who I, I later found out view themselves as quite happy. And I'll just give one quick example. Uh, this is a family member um, who in my experience of them is they love to complain, 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 complain. You know, the dinner isn't right. The service isn't right. This is going wrong. So I just assumed, oh, that person's not very happy. And and one day, months later, that, that same person said to me, I am so happy. And and, and they couldn't say much more. But then I just th- thought about it and I, and I looked at the, at the circumstances of their life and I'm like, oh, I can see why they would say that. This is the most free this person has ever been in their whole life. A relationship had ended. Okay. They are free for the first time. They are, even though, it, again, I, I, I don't think I'm making it up. They do like to complain. That's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds like anybody could recognize that around that person. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that observation. Yes, I no, that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, the things that you're pointing out is that two things come to mind. It's yeah. Sometimes what we how we appear on the outside is nothing at all like what we right. are on the inside and that can go both ways. Yes. And also, I think sometimes the feeling of happiness or, or joy or whatever. And, and maybe there's a difference between the two. Maybe there's not, you know, depends on who you talk to mm-hmm. that. I guess those of us in, in psychology, we know about negative reinforcement, right? That, you know, negative reinforcement is when, you know, you've been in this pain pocket for so long and then the pain is removed. Mm-hmm. And then you feel, oh my gosh, this is just wonderful. Like the person that you just described, they'd been in this horrible relationship yes. and that was gone. They felt this this liberation, this yes. freedom. And so at that moment they felt happy. So sometimes it's the relativity of what Correct. we're going through that helps us kind of feel that. Yes. So true. Absolutely. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So you were filming people. You were and and started and kind of realizing that just made you feel really jazzy that yeah. you were something was clicking inside of yeah. you. You're like, oh my gosh, you had to leave what you thought was your dream job, and it was for that for that phase yes. of your life, right? But and you pointed out something I thought was really important too is that sometimes, you know, when we're at a certain phase of our life and we're content, 
but something is meant, something else is meant for us. And sometimes it takes a bomb to go off to get us out of there so that we're open to these new opportunities that we never knew even existed, but they were waiting for us the whole time. Exactly. Sounds like that's what happened to you. That is exactly true. So because I was so down, first of all, I, I started, one of the first things I did is get back into my first love, which is performing, acting. Uh, and I knew someday I would, I always thought it would be in retirement, but I'm like, I'm not waiting. I need to do something that just brings me joy right now. So, so that, that's one example right there, a really concrete example. There are other things that there was a great job. I feel like I did great things and I got so much from it. And yeah, there are other things like acting and being on podcasts and writing a book or like even spending more time in California. Most of these things I couldn't possibly do with that job. It was it was an all encompassing full time job. I wouldn't have time or energy to even appear with you now. I, I don't see how I could have. So yeah, the the universe had other plans for me. It had other plans. <laughs> that, and I'm so glad. I mean, I hate that you had to go through that, that horrible coworker. I don't yeah. know what the problem was, but just a sidelight on that, that's a boundary issue as well, is understanding that those issues belong to that other person. Mm-hmm. It's not that it doesn't hurt us. Right. It does. Right. But we can understand that whatever they're doing to us, whatever they're mm-hmm. saying, that is not about us. Right. That they have an issue. There's right. some kind of unresolved conflict that's going on that they're playing out with us. Mm-hmm. And so we can go through that and, and feel the pain and maybe make some decisions to leave if we want to. Mm-hmm. But the whole time understanding that's not, they're not doing that because I'm some kind of horrible, mean, bad person. They're, that's their behavior. Right. So I hate that you had to go through that, yes. but I'm very glad that it opened up doors for you. Yes. Yeah, me too. Okay, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. I know. <laughs> and one other thing I wanted to point out that you just said was you didn't wait. You said, you know, I thought I might get back into acting, your mm-hmm. first love, you know, when you retired and all that. And then you decided, you know, why wait? And I think on some level, and I would be interested to hear your your opinion on this, I'm wondering if on some level happiness comes when we open ourselves up to just do the thing, just not be controlled by fear, Mm -hmm. but just Mm -hmm. to jump off the bridge, do the thing, you know, and it's just like open ourselves up to these new opportunities that yes, they're scary, Mm -hmm. but at some point you have to trust something. If you're a spiritual person, trust, trust God. If you're trust the universe, trust whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and just move forward. If that, how do you feel like that plays into our experience of happiness? Very much so. So it's, it's absolutely one of the things I learned in doing this whole project. Happier people do take more risks. Mm. Happier people do take more risks. So, and, and it does get us back to what we were commenting on earlier. So I'm not talking about just jumping off a bridge without a, a bungee cord, you know, or a cliff without a, a parachute. No, 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 no. But for, what I want to say first is following that bliss, right? I think that's a Robert Bly term. But but following your instincts, following your passions, that, that's another huge thing that happier people do. Happier people follow their passions. They find a way to incorporate them into their lives. It's huge. But so a little more about this risk-taking stuff, because it can be very risky. 
to follow one's passion. Yes, um, yes, scary. Absolutely. <laughs> but here's the thing. Most of us, the things we most want scare us the most. Both are true. Mm. Oh, Both are true. Yes. Oh. And so it's a, it's a matter of not, again, not just jumping off the bridge. I, I, I used to think that that's how it had to be. You just have to take risks. But I've learned in working with so many people and myself through the years, it's, it's, it's more nuanced than that. No, it's taking, you know, step by step by step, not going up the whole staircase or the elevator <laughs> the first day, right? Take the one step. Baby you know, steps. Baby steps. See how that feels. And again, not just a baby step. Take it with the railing. Grab the railing. So what's your railing, right? If it's a, if it's a staircase metaphor. May, it's yeah. your friends. It's yourself. Like looking at the things I say to myself. Can I act? You know, I hadn't acted in 20 years or something. Can I do it again? May, you know, so working with my mind. Well, maybe you can, but you'll have a director. You'll have people. You'll have someone to help you. You'll um, you'll be with your friends who will tell you when you when you're needing a little help, or if you're doing too much, or you know. So finding a way to here's the phrase I love to use: uh, What do you need to do to support yourself to take a risk? So let me let's look at the two side or two you know important parts of that. What do you need to do? It's usually an action that you need to do actively yourself. It's not a passive thing. You need to ask someone to help or you need to look at yourself and how you're either getting in your own way or helping yourself to do the risk. And the other part of that is to support yourself. So for support, so when something scares us, there's usually, there's not quite enough scaffolding yet. So what's your scaffolding? What do, what do you need to help you do this thing that scares you so much? Again, I, I think about, it's what we say to ourselves in our mind. It's, it's gathering people around us who believe in us. Maybe it's like for me, it was getting more training because I hadn't done acting in a while. So I hired an acting coach. How fun is that? I took an acting class. How fun was that? <laughs> I that hired like a voice a fun, coach. I wanted to... Really fun. And then I hired a voice coach, right? So I was singing again. And all these, then all these turned into more and more support and experience. So my confidence grew. So I got back on stage. See, I love the way you're you're explaining all of that because I'm thinking there's some listeners out there that are in a position in life where they're not following their bliss. They feel kind of stuck and they would like to kind of consider what else do I want to do? How can I? And they, they're not happy and they don't, they feel hopeless. They don't see a way to be happy. But if they were to step back and really think, what does make me feel blissful? What what would I do if I, if I could do anything, what would I do? And yes. I love the way you're presenting it, that you break it down into very small steps. You, yes. you create scaffolding, yes. you know, cr reach out to people that are supportive of you. Yes. And that way you're not alone mm -hmm. and you're not mm -hmm. having to jump off the bridge just willy nilly that, you know, yes. you're putting things in place. And really in addition to that, psychologically, I like the whole idea of kind of challenging your fear one of the things that I say to my patients sometimes when they're scared, because I see a lot of people with anxiety, it's my favorite thing to deal with. It's like, mm -hmm. what exactly are you afraid of? Yes. 
to really and that break word it exactly down. Exactly, is very yes, very important. It's yes. like it's, clearly you think something bad is going to happen, or you wouldn't be anxious. So, what exactly right. do you feel like is going to happen? And right. like you said, just breaking that down and really looking at each one and saying, well, is this really something? Well, I mean, what if that were to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that can happen? Great questions. Then what? And then what will happen? Not just that, but but really play it out all the way to the end. Right? Because yeah, you, fear is usually like, and my life, I'm going to get really harmed. But in modern life, the harm is usually you know, relational or psychological, it's very, very rare that it's a life or death thing. So again, so reminding people, so the worst that happens, you make a fool of yourself, you feel embarrassed, then what? Yeah, exactly. Oh, then I'll, what? I'll survive. Yeah, so you might be embarrassed <laughs> yeah, for a little while, and it's like, yeah. that's yeah, so the, that's something else I use a lot so, in therapies. I tell, teach my clients, say the word and. Okay, well, exactly. I'm going to be really embarrassed. Okay, yes, you probably will. And? Yep. Yeah. And they just stare. Yep. <laughs> yes. Can, I, I have to mention the, the work of Brene Brown, right? I'm sure you're oh, familiar with her. She's the, Yes, love her. Vulner, vulnerability maven, love her too. She talks about all this, embracing vulnerability. Let me say one other thing, Dana. When, when I'm talking about all these other, and I'm just, just use myself as an example. It's not that I'm the perfect thing, but, but just to keep following this. So, so think about it. I, I hired an acting coach. I, um, I took acting classes. I hired a voice coach. Every time I do that, I'm establishing relationships, right? In the acting class, I made friends. When I did get back on stage, I made friends with the cast members. So all these things are all the things I learned in interviewing my subjects about happiness, that happier people have relationships with other people. They have tribes. They're connected to other people. They're connected to themselves. So think about it. When I'm studying acting, to be a good actor, you got to be in the moment. You got to be connected with yourself. To sing well, publicly or any at all, you got to connect with yourself. You got to be with the emotion, right? So all these things, connecting with other people, having a tribe of people, connecting with self, being mindful, being fully in the present moment, connecting with passions, serving other people is the, the other thing. Those are the four key things. I really consider them three, connecting with self, others, passions. When you do those in the service of other people to make the world a better place, that's when it just all seems to come together. Wow, that sounds awesome. And it makes so much sense, you know, when you like lay it out there that way. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And it seems to me that the, the crux of that, the beginning of it, is being able to connect with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because unless you can connect with yourself, it makes it a lot harder to reach out and connect with someone else because you're projecting, you're thinking, oh, they're, they're going to think I'm this or they're going to think I'm that. They're not going to like me. They're going to think I'm stupid or they're, they're not going to approve of me. They're going to judge me. And so we're, we're sitting here with, you know, not wanting to connect with other people because of we haven't really connected with ourselves. I totally agree. And I'm going to give you an, a, a, a both end response. Because it's it's sort of a chicken or egg thing. Because how do we connect with ourselves? It is through relationships. So so I would hate for somebody to hear that statement and say, "Well, I'm not connected to myself, so I can't go out in the world." No, go out in the world, gotcha. connect with other people, and that helps 
you connect with yourself. That helps me. Other people mirror me. I find out who I am by being in connection with other people. They show me who I am. That and That's then I connect more with myself. Wonderful, wonderful comment. Yes. Mm, so, like mm, the 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 okay. reflection back. So, like your tribe. If you find your tribe, mm-hmm. then they're going to reflect back, and you're going to they're going to give yes. you strength to accept. It reminds me, Brene Brown. I was listening to her one time, and I've got several of her books. And if I'm not mistaken, she said something like, she, "Of course, she does vulnerability, and she also talks about shame." And she said, "Shame." begins in a relationship and it's healed in a relationship. Exactly. And that sounds like exactly what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Knowing people love me helps me work through my shame. Yes. Mm -hmm. Loving other people helps me work through my shame (laughs) and helps them work through theirs. (laughs) Yes. Right. It's this, it's this feedback loop. Right? It's win-win mm-hmm. no matter which way you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I I love it. I think, too, along that way, and this is a small digression, but it, it yeah. applies. Please. It's sort of like vetting people. Um, Henry Cloud and John Townsend have a book out called Safe People. Mm. And it's like we have a responsibility to vet other people to decide, are they a safe person for us to share our pearls with. Yes. Because if we share with people that we have not vetted, mm-hmm. then we're going to they're going to hurt us. Yes. And then we might crawl back in our shell and yes. and draw lots of erroneous conclusions yes. about yes. ourselves. Yes. And I've seen that happen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you're saying find find your people, mm-hmm. you know, that there's mm-hmm. th- there's out there. So mm-hmm. listeners, if, if you're following what we're saying, and if you've been around people that are unsafe for you, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean everybody is Correct. unsafe. Exactly. It just means those people who you've interacted with who have hurt you and have demeaned you and criticized you and judged you. Yes, they have. But that doesn't mean everyone else is going to be that way. Find those people that will love you and accept you and bring you in. Mm-hmm. They're out there. Yes. And I really think it comes back to passions because then then I hear the objection is, well, I don't know how to meet people. I hear this so often from lonelier yes. people. I'm saying, really? I go, hmm, really? Tell me. You know, tell me. <laughs> right. And you hear the <laughs> my voice is a little, <laughs> you can kind of hear I don't really believe them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, taking them back. So how did you meet people? earlier you know you can't have made it to whatever age you are and not meet how did you do it? again really breaking it down well i was in class with them i went to school with them okay so what what are the elements there again really breaking it down so what it turns out is it goes back to passions right so if you follow your passions so if you want to study pottery go take pottery classes you'll find some people with a common interest are they all going to be your safe people no but the chances of you meeting people who are safer are greater yes. <laughs> the more you get out there. Again, statistically speaking, happier people, they take more risks. So if you just think of statistically, because they're putting themselves out there more, they're more likely to have more success because they're trying more often. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, wow. There was a, a statement in your information that I thought was really interesting that I wanted to hear you share and it said, a question that was asked to you, like, are you surprised by America's ranking in the 2021 World Happiness Report that we were 19th? Mm-hmm. 
So why do you think that we overall, in light of everything that you're sharing, think, why do we rank lower? 19th. There's 18 other countries that are ranked higher than the United States. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is going on there? Right. Despite all our resources, right? We have so many resources here. I'm both shocked and not surprised is really my action, my reaction, right? So happier countries, uh, many of them are um, Scandinavian, where there is, you know, things like universal health care, really generous family leave for uh, deaths and births and illness. Like, like there's so many things they don't have to worry about. Right, mm-hmm. that the, the, the whole culture has va- shared values, and that and that they put their resources in place so that people can pursue their passions more. Right, so yeah. energy is freed up so that they are doing work that they enjoy more. Generally speaking, now there's tons of exceptions, of course, but generally speaking, they can do work they enjoy if they're not worried about health insurance so much. That so then they can go to stay in jobs or leave jobs when. It's right for them, not because they're just worried about health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a good point. Yes, as, as well as our, you know, we're a capitalist system that capitalism is based on wanting people to buy products, right? So we, we teach, we don't mean to, and we, we say our values are otherwise. And yet we, we teach people to hate themselves, Dana. Right. In Uh, in so many ways. Right. You'll be happy if you drive that car, the newest model. If you have this refrigerator, if you live in this neighborhood, that's maybe just beyond your financial capability. We, We throw these things in people's faces day in and day out. We're inundated with these messages about toothpaste and mouthwash and hair coloring on and on and on. The list goes and we think we'll be happier. Oh my gosh, I'm ha- I'm having like a flashback right now of looking at uh, watching a a commercial on TV of Victoria's Secrets models. Uh-huh. I hate those commercials, but nothing against the Victoria's Secrets models. You know, I'm sure they're awesome and they're doing their thing. They're following their passion, whatever. Yeah. But you know, it's a it's a standard. And the kind of funny thing is, I think I've said this before on one of my podcasts. I don't remember, but I was sitting there with my husband watching this commercial and there's models and I'm just kind of, my face is like, you know, I'm just like looking at him like, and he goes, he, his head cocks to the side and he goes, she needs to eat a cheeseburger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's right. (laughs) But you know, to, to your point, uh, I heard uh, somebody make a comment one time that magazines for women are, filled with all these articles about self-esteem and being more confident and all this stuff. And at the same time, they have all of these ads for how you have, how you can have better skin, how you can have, make your lips look poutier, how you can contour your face and make it look a different kind of way, ways, all these ways to look better and different than what you look right now, right alongside all these articles about self-esteem. Yes, It's just kind of a, it's an irony there. That that is such a perfect metaphor for our culture, isn't it? Oh my gosh! Say it one truly thing. Is. Yeah, yeah, and we we're teaching people to hate their bodies. It's just tragic. That's and we need to be kind of like lights. I I have yeah. actually I'm trying to remember what it was. It was um, 
an episode I had earlier on in my podcast. It was when I was kind of getting started and I had these things called candid shots Mm. where I wasn't really trying to be helpful to anybody. I was just, just venting. I was just doing just a out and out vent about something. And one of them near the early, it might've been the first candid shot I did. It was about my body and, and what it felt like and, and looking at my, my reflection in the gym mirror and my, my biceps looking like somebody like put mashed potatoes under my skin. I mean, it was just, crazy. <laughs> but I mean, I was going on and on about it, but it, it, you love know, your mashed just... potatoes, Dana, <laughs> love your mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, when I was thinking about having you on the show, yeah. I had some questions that I thought would be really good because I'd heard them asked before. And I thought, I really want to hear what Tom has to say about these areas. And one of them was, and I think you've answered this partially, but I want to ask you again to see if you want to add anything to it. And some people feel like as adults that we have just kind of, that we have to just sort of settle for being content, Mm -hmm. that if we can reach contentment, that will be our apex, that we really, the feeling of happiness was something that we may or may not have felt back in childhood, but that because of all the responsibilities of being an adult, all the things like you were talking about America being the 19th, because of all the reasons of that, all the, the burdens that get added to our shoulders and the responsibilities and all these things that were constantly, we're, we're like the, 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 the hamster in the wheel. And we feel like if we can just hold on and not be flung out of the wheel, that's about the best we can expect. We can't, expecting to feel happiness is just beyond the pale. And I think a lot of people might feel that way. Yes. What do you share to people like that? What is your response? Yeah, first of all, what I, what I hear in your voice is that um, settling thing and that it's, it's this, a belief that it's, unobtainable and then I just have to I just have to accept it as it isn't but there's this blah blah kind of oh right so Mm -hmm. again to me it's like what let's really look at what you're saying here what are you really feeling what's behind that so a couple so a couple things I want to say first is the definition of happiness which changes uh throughout our lives right and there is we don't even have an agreed upon definition of happiness, but it's kind of like art, right? We how how do we, we don't have an agreed way to define art either, and we know it when we see it. Mm-hmm. Happiness is similar. This is Gretchen Rubin's way of explaining this. We know when we are happy. We yes. know when we are happy, or we know when we are happier. And there does seem to be a um, a striving, a human kind of development need for continuing to strive for happiness. It's not bad necessarily. And and, and also it's not selfish to be happy or happier because happier people do more good deeds, Dana. They, they, uh, first of all, there's the contagion effect. It's contagious. So, which is what, what I was experiencing in those interviews, right? I'm around really happy people talking about happiness. I got happier, um, but happier people do more good deeds and less harm in the world. They donate more money. They volunteer more. They make the world a better place more than less happy people. So, so back to this thing, as we adult, right, we, t- we tend to take on more and more responsibilities. We take on big jobs. We take on families. We have elderly, you know, folks that need us. Is happiness still possible? Yes, yeah. of course. 
Absolutely. So, so look at your own definition of happiness. How do you find it? Given your circumstances, it goes back to kind of that support question. So given these things, I, I'm going to stay with my children. I'm going to stay with my parent uh, until the bitter end. So given all that, what do I need so I can show up better, right? So maybe it's looking at the quality of time with our loved ones versus the quantity so that my bucket gets filled enough so I can show up in a way. Because think about that message that if, if we're in that settling place and our, we raise our children to kind of be like, oh, blah, you can't expect anymore. Just stay on the treadmill. What kind of message does that send our children? I know. They're going to pick that up. They're going to think that's the way to be. No, no, no. Versus if you're a parent who's out there <laughs> living your passion, making the world a better place, that's what they learn. So it's 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 not one or the other. <laughs> it's finding a way to, and, and I'm not saying these are easy things to do. These can be complicated, difficult. Is it worth it though? Yes. Because if you're in that blah, blah, blah place, this is another thing, Dana, I say to my clients all the time. What is the message your insides are sending you? Our insides speak to us in many, many ways. You're feeling blah on the treadmill I can't get off. What are your insides telling you? They're knocking on your door strongly saying you need something more. What's that something more? What will help you? And maybe it is one pottery class. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a different career. I have no idea. But you can't. that's the thing. People get afraid that it's so complicated they won't be able to figure it out. It's not necessarily it might be complicated it doesn't mean you're not up for the challenge it was huge for me to leave my job it took me two and a half years once i made the decision no no once the new person came on once the, once i made the decision it was more like six months it, it was it's it, to make a big change is huge it's hard time is about up but yeah. i could i really could sit here i think we could just talk and talk yeah. and talk i think i could talk for for hours yeah. more but i really as we're wrapping up what I really would love to hear from you, and I and I feel like my listeners would love to hear from you, for the people who are out there who feel like they are in a cage, they feel like they are like working a job or in a relationship that they can't get out of for different reasons, because maybe they have to keep their job because they have to supply health care for several children. If they don't, they can't get another job that pays as much. I mean, let's be real. Okay. We can't just say, well, just do this or that. No, no. I, I want to be real with people. Cause I want, if someone's listening and they're like, I do. I feel like I'm in a cage. I, I would love to feel happiness, but I don't know how to get there from where I am. I'm yes. at point A and point B is out there somewhere, but it's, it's like in a fog. It's like, right. way I oh, can't, yeah. I can't find it from here. I, I don't even know which where to turn mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get out of this cage that I'm in yes. so that I can be the person that I'm meant to be. Yes. What do you want to leave with them? And then that'll be That'll be the last thing that we can do today for the podcast. Well, I was in a cage, right? When I was in this miserable job. Yes, I know that feeling. What I would say is, and it, it kind of wraps up all the themes we've been talking about, right? So find your safe person. Take the risk. Speak your truth. Start there. Find a safe per person. It's going to be hard to say that out loud. I feel stuck. I feel trapped. I feel in a cage, but you speak it out loud to another trusting person. See what happens. And not just once. I'm not just talking about one time of three minutes. 
Like you might need a therapist over a period of time to really get to the, the lower layers of that onion. You can slowly peel back the onion. And uh, there's something in there. There's, there's a gem inside that onion. And it comes through relationship and speaking the truth. Awesome. Tom, I appreciate your time so much and your energy and your background and your willingness to share your experiences so that the listeners out there who, who maybe are right now where you were, you know, and they can use your words to be like a beacon in the light to help them out of that fog, to help them get to a place that's happier and, and healthier. For all the listeners out there, I will put everything that I need in the show notes. So if you're afraid that you're not going to, you know, you've got the book that uh, the Full Heart Living Conversations with the Happiest People I Know, that is a book that Tom wrote. It's on Amazon.com. You can go take you 30 seconds to go over there and find it. I'm sure it would be a wonderful thing to read and know, or maybe you want to give it as a gift. Maybe you have someone in your life that could really use that book, or you want to, you know, go to, go to the website and maybe sign up for one of the workshops. There's a um, fullheartliving.com is where if you want to get more information about Tom and this wonderful information that he's sharing about happiness and how to feel happy fullheartliving.com. And again, I will put all of this in the show notes. I would really appreciate you guys if you would share this information, share this episode, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, text, you know, text the link, email the link, put it on your social media platforms, whether it's, you know, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, wherever you want to put it, whatever's your favorite one. You can also go to phoenixandflame.com. That is my website. It has all the episodes there. It also has an email that you can contact me if you want to make any comments about today's episode, if you have any questions, or maybe you have an idea of an episode that you would like for me to do, an an idea that I haven't thought of yet, and you think, well, I would really like to hear about that. Then just let me know about that, and we can get that going. So I hope you all have enjoyed this episode, and I know you have. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.